I'm Edward Conlon, host of Talk to Me, the new podcast about the origin of hostage negotiations. Through the first-hand accounts of the NYPD's hostage negotiation team founders, we delve into real cases, big and small, to hear how the team pioneered the use of psychology to save lives. Their motto was, Talk to Me. It changed policing forever. Listen to, follow, rate, and review Talk to Me now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts, beginning October 19th. A lot of people thinking these days about the relationship between the gut microbiome and immunity. In fact, Jonathan Jacobs, a physician at UCLA, says the microbiome and the immune system are critically intertwined. This means what you eat can affect the biome, and that might affect immune function. Now, not easy to eat all the right things all the time, so think about trying Biome Breakthrough daily. Biome Breakthrough contains powerful probiotics and prebiotics. You need need the prebiotic to use the probiotic, as well as a -a one-of-a-kind ingredient called IGY Max. IGY Max is a patented egg-based protein that enhances the gut well-being, reverses damages caused by antibiotics, and helps hopefully with immune function. Some have said that IGY Max is a very powerful immune nutrient and it is in every serving of Biome Breakthrough. By taking Biome Breakthrough daily, you could eliminate the bacteria that's causing problem and helpfully enhance the the biome, the health of the biome, and then affect immune function. What are you waiting for? Power up your immunity by trying Biome Breakthrough risk-free at biomebreakthrough.com slash Drew. Use Dr. Drew 10 to receive 10% off any order. You have a 365-day money-back guarantee. No questions asked. That is biome, B-I-O-M-E, biomebreakthrough.com slash Drew. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast. I'm going to do the same thing I did last episode and get right to my guest. It is part two of Michael Malice. Uh, you can get the book, the podcast, You Are Welcome. Well, you Are Welcome with Michael Malice. Also, the Anarchist Handbook and the White Pill coming out anytime now. Uh, my wife just texted me and she said, uh, ask Dr. Drew to ask Malice, what is your favorite thing about Eliza Blue? Uh, <laughs> our hair. So Right now. She's had different hair all <laughs> yes, the time. Yes, so. she has. So I heard ha- your wife is red pilled AF. Is that true? Uh, I don't think so. Her dad was a like a he was a veteran from the South Pacific, okay. racist, hardcore, hardcore, and she'd always rebelled against him. Okay, I do hear things coming out of her mouth these days that sound like him, and I'm shocked. Well, not, and I red pill's not racist. It. No, I understand. Okay, what, what would you so care, maybe I don't understand the full effect of red pill. What so it, red pilling is the belief that that is that what is presented as truth by the corporate press is in fact a carefully designed narrative designed to keep some uh, intentionally designed to keep some very malevolent people in power. I'd say I'm more red pill than she. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because you've you've experienced it on the butt end when you're asked as a doctor, a literal doctor, when you're asking perfectly sane and germane questions about COVID, and then you're being told that you're a mass murderer, right? By people who have never been inside a, any a lab well, coat, and and it's never what I said, right? Yes, it's always somebody said I said. Oh, so therefore, that, oh, so you want right, and therefore that's what yeah. goes viral, and um, and having been, it's you know, heard of Gelman amnesia. 
Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. So, so when you've been the object of the press, you realize how fucking distorted and messed yes. up and completely false they are. And uh, and the same thing with any medical topic. They're just completely in outer space. And I saw that coming, and I was like, we got to stop this. you got to l- just let the CDC do yeah. their job, for Christ's sake. No. The, you, the, so now I'm on Wednesdays at uh, 3 o'clock Pacific time. I'm doing a streaming show while I'm interviewing all the doctors that have been silenced. Oh, wow. It's fascinating. And they're, I don't always agree with them, and they have some over-the-top ideas and some stuff I just flatly don't agree with. But you you can put the story together more when you hear what happened to but them. But it's also fascinating because they're being screamed at to say trust the experts, but it's like, but I am – what the experts? They, this they is my job. The, they, they were the expert, and the ordinary discourse would be: we have this, yeah. you know, back and forth. And instead of that, I'm being told I'm a crackpot and I'm being marginalized. What's going on? Right. Here? This is wrong. Not just a crackpot, a crackpot with malevolent intentions. Co- correct. Evil. Yeah. Okay. So we should get back to evil. Um, but the um, the story is pretty clear now uh, that they were that the thor- there's there is a problem with the excessive authority vested in public health. That's a problem. That needs to be fixed. They, those in the bureaucratic authority, were hypnotized to bring a topic back from our last show by the Chinese Communist Party about lockdown. And it was a never conceived of, never validated, never anything concept. When you say hypnotized, that absolves them of any culpability. And I don't like that word in this context. Um, Okay. So give me a good word. Uh, uh, Persuaded. Persuaded. They were persuaded. Um, And and it's funny. I seem to go to hypnosis – I don't know why, because I guess because that experience I had yeah. in the desert. Um, You're getting sleepy, <laughs> right? It was, what was so stunning to me, what I was willing to do, <laughs> just to, like I told me to. Um, so uh, then it became this weird risk aversion: one death is too many. But this monocular vision of this one illness, when all the other ones were continuing to do their thing, but we were not allowed to look at them, treat them, deal with them. The Policies were clearly going to be damaging. Didn't matter. It was safety uberalis while we get to the vaccine. Okay, I kind of understand that. And then it became vaccine uberalis. And with this, and uberalis just means above all else. And when it's uberalis, you won't contemplate anything else, and then you destroy everything that tries to get in the way. Of and everyone, and everyone, yes. And and it's, it, what was really bizarre is how uh, happy ordinary people—not bizarre—to participate get, in that. Well, also how they were willing to get medical professionals who were urgently needed, who were vaccine hesitant, to get them fired. It's like, wait, wait. If I'm a doctor, if I'm a nurse, if I'm a medical practitioner, and I have questions about this, am I? I probably know more than you do. So they're, they're maybe ask me why instead of being like, I should be fired. Well, you know we. Have this AB 2098 here in California now that was signed into law, where if we advise patients other than the standard of care on COVID, which is the CDC policy standard of care, and standard of care needs to be assailed regularly in medicine. We've had some terrible standards of care, opiates, frontal lobotomies. I mean, there's lots of standard of care that was just horrible. Uh, you will have your license encumbered or revoked. Oh yeah, there's lots of uh, insane. You know, there's a big, there's a lots of insane interventions in the medical profession here in California, uh, which is not my expertise, obviously. All but, right. but yeah. So, how do you know Eliza Blue? Uh, she's a fan. <laughs> okay, I suggest you guys follow Eliza. She's a great resource on human trafficking. She's, she's an anarchist of, too. She is. Yeah, I brought I, her I over. She, I, I saw her at a libertarian conference where I spoke about being in YouTube jail for various reasons, and I didn't, again, I'm not libertarian, and libertarian attracted some interesting people, yeah. <laughs> I'll just say, but uh, again, I just, it's, it's really odd to me that we've gone from this incredible overreach and infringement 
by a, what seems to be sort of coming mostly from the left. Would that be accurate to say that? Uh, I, I don't. I don't like absolving the Republicans, but yeah, okay, sure. It's coming, but but seems to be most. Look, California feels like it's coming from the left. Correct. Canada feels like it's coming from the left. Sure. And the and rather than people running to the right. They're having. Uh, I, I just noticed this yesterday. Where they, they're running towards the topic of freedom, and so freedom is on people's mind right now, which is kind of interesting. And as such, I think they're trying to figure out. Polit- it's kind of what my thing is: is because I'm thinking about freedom all the time. Am I libertarian? Am I anarchist? Am I, I-, I don't think that they're running towards freedom. I think they're running more towards the idea that the system is inherently corrupt and unsalvageable. So I don't know that they would necessarily prefer freedom, but they certainly realize that something is very, very rotten in the state of Denmark, and it's not fixable. That's your editorial comment by not fixable. I think people are realizing that, yes. I think there's an increasing number. I was in uh, um, the Midwest when a lot of this was going down with you know in a rural community, and the people there were ready for guillotines. It was very disturbing for me to see. Uh, um, about COVID? What was just it? like the whole system and, and just they felt completely marginalized. They felt completely like these people do not have my interests at heart. The people in power uh, that I, when was I, this? This was in 2000. This was in 2020. And wh- what were you doing in the Midwest? I have I'm close friends with the family there. You were just hanging out there. Yeah. There. yeah. And, and this was who were they taking aim at? Just the whole power structure, like the, the people in media, the people you know in government, just everyone who is basically deciding the fates of everyone in America. Because I feel like those are the, the powers that be or the, the elite infrastructure that's brought out the guillotines in the first place through cancel culture. Well, no, I mean, they're ready for literal guillotines. Uh-oh. So I, I, think this, there's, I think the media is correct that there is a disturbing and bubbling under um, – appreciation or um, tacit acceptance of violence towards people in power. And that's something which I find very, very disturbing. And I think it's even worse because all the mechanisms that are being put in place to mitigate it are actually making it it much, much worse. So so I I have preferred to not believe it. And and I use that word preferred intentionally. I've not believed it, but I'm accepting what you're saying. What should be done? Um, uh, abolish the state. Okay, okay we're getting back there. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We right, will I'm get not, there. I'm not ready yet. I'm to have that conversation well, about I, national but I, th- I think we're going to get there. How can you be so positive and 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 want that? Because I look at what happened. That'll be the, better, I guess. Huh? How, can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Well, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm monologuing. Which is how can you have, have a white pill that includes a national divorce and be super optimistic about that? that well, the seems- national divorce is a means to an end. But how am I optimistic that the that evil people will be recognized as evil and their authority will be regarded as less legitimate? That's the well, that's ultimate, good. That's the ultimate white pill. That's good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Does that require a divorce? No, but divorce is a very, uh, a very um, plausible medium-term solution to a bigger problem. And the bigger problem is the is the, uh, the cathedral, the you know the collusion between the universities, uh, media, and popular entertainment, and the state. Is there another way out? Yes, but it's much bloodier. Oh, is there another way out? <laughs> Well, well, just yeah, persuasion and getting more and more people to. And I, I'm not a Democrat in either sense of the yeah. word. Getting the right people to recognize that you know the, the, there's no negotiating with terrorists. Yeah. Um, that discussion will get you nowhere. And to use technological advancements such as cryptocurrency and ghost guns to in, a, oh, ghost guns, 3D yeah. printing of guns uh, um, to ensure that our freedoms are not up for discussion, let alone a vote. Well, this is back to freedom again, though. Yes, sir. 
So, so freedom, it is okay that freedom is on people's mind. But I, I, I was disagreeing with you that it is. I don't think it necessarily is. I think I it's, it's secondary concern for them. Gosh, I, I, it sure comes up. It comes up on people's lips more than any time in my life. Yeah, but I don't think there – I mean the gates of Auschwitz spoke of freedom. Everyone's for freedom, right? So the right. term means a lot of different things to many different people. All right. So there's two topics I want to get into here. Sure. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I guess – I don't know if we're going to get to national divorce. Let me write it down. Let me look at my list. Okay, go for stuff it. That, Check it twice, Santa. Uh, yeah, I will. Oh, what a racist Marx was. I love when you said that because I've read some of his stuff. It's just shockingly racist. Oh, like, yeah. like, like the most. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I've known a ra- more racist person. Well, Hitler, maybe. Different. <laughs> it's different because I'm not I, – it, it, his stuff felt more uh, opportunistic well, one than of Marx. The things Marx I, felt real. One, like, one of the things I was very glad to see in the Anarchist Handbook was Bakunin, who was Marx's early rival for international communism, how he correctly predicted – 50 years before the Soviet Union, what communism would look like in practice and how evil it was. So mm. he was a great, great guy, even though what, he was also racist. But Mikhail Bakunin. Bakunin. B-A-K-U-N-I-N. Yeah, it's completely readable. Wow. Uh, the illegitimacy of voting. We're going to get into all that. Okay. Um, evil and risk aversion. Your dealer's choice. What do you want? Uh, let's talk about risk aversion. Okay. It feels like we need – Who's we? The current, the present moment calls for courage. That's always the case. I don't know. I, I have not felt that I needed to be courageous personally many times in my life. I felt I needed to be industrious. I felt I needed to be engaged. But I really feel like now calls for like clarity and courage. Okay. And for putting, you know, sort of your money where your mouth is like standing up for shit. Sure. Uh, there's a big price. Yes. You know, for, for it. So that's of what, course. That's that's what courage means. You can't be courage and have it be easy. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, and yet, at the same time, where did all this? I mean, it's, it went. It, it you know, I, Adam and I would sort of frame it this way: When did we become such fucking pussies? Now we're from our sponsor, BetterHelp, and you know, of course, I'm always telling you about BetterHelp. I've been referring family, friends, patients, and been very pleased with the professional services they offer there. Therapists can help you become a better problem solver. That's one of the things they can do, making it easier to accomplish your goals. And, of course, I'm a big fan of therapy and the fact that we allow stigma or embarrassment to to limit our access to this is just so silly. And now with the online therapeutics, it just doesn't even make sense. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable. It is entirely online, as I said, so worrying about running into somebody or any of these silly concerns, no, ridiculous. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey. Switch therapist anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash Drew today to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp.com. H-E-L-P dot com slash Drew. You might be surprised to learn that health insurance doesn't always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight. Even with comprehensive coverage, you can still get hit with a substantial copay. Protect your family and your finances with an Air MedCare Network membership. As a member, if an emergency arises, the expense of an air medical transport is completely covered when flown by an AMCN provider. Membership costs as little as $85 a year, covers your entire household every day, even when you're away from home. That is just pennies a day. We all know the unexpected can happen, and an AMCN membership is protection no family should be without. Been talking about this for a while. It's so inexpensive, and it is such 
great coverage for a limited time as a Dr. Drew podcast listeners. You'll get up to a $75 e-gift card when you join. Simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash Drew and use that offer code Drew. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere, whether the thing is vintage teas or you're into recipes for gear. Start selling it with Shopify. Join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store in your own vibe, discover new customers, grow a following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted out so your business just keeps growing. From an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. This is how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify, and you will too. It's never been easier to start and grow a business thanks to Shopify. I was just telling my son this the other day. That is the new world where you're going direct to consumers. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down down the street and around the globe. Go on Try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. Sign up for the free trial at Shopify, that's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y, shopify.com slash Drew, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Drew to start selling online today. That is shopify.com slash Drew. When did that happen? Is that happening or is it just... No? I think the 30s. Um, so it's been a long time. I think it's been a long time. Or did all the courageous people just get killed in World War II? I, I, think, it, I, I think it depends what you mean by courageous. I, I, I'm going to sound like a complete phony, but like there's a lot of courage where someone's just working a job and putting food on the table for their kids. You know what I mean? Like there's, that still is a very much a part of America and many other countries. So I, I don't think that should be kind of ignored or dismissed. But I think I and you and a lot of people were very surprised how docile – Americans were during 2020. And one of the things I tweeted out at the time, and I still stand very strongly behind, is that for better or worse, and whether intentionally or not, uh, the lockdowns and quarantining provided some very, very evil people, some very useful information about the limits of Americans uh, citizens are with regards to compliance and submission. Even if it's China. Even, right. Yeah. But there may be many more people that learn something from that. Yes. And that was always the shock to me that they I, – I spoke to a Republican governor during the lockdown thing and he was just like, I, this is not my job. I don't want to tell people. Right. I, it's not what I want to – it's not why I'm governor. And then I got somebody like Newsom who seemed to just get glee out of it. Yes. Love it. Ugh. It's gross. Yes. That, I, I feel but, disgust a lot of the time now, which is not a normal feeling. Disgust is a horrible feeling. But it's, it's a very normal feel. Why is that a normal to look at a pol- look at the, the behavior of my politicians and just go Ugh. but that should be the norm well it, it certainly they made it that way now but so so well, I w- they didn't make it that way i think you're just more aware they've always been like this they've always been like that and now maybe they've presented themselves and also yeah. now thanks to having camera phones every you, they can't hide their their uh, depravity and malfeasance their malevolence yeah so the the 
Where did my brain go with this? This is the aging brain thing. You know, when people complain when they're getting older about memory problems, it usually it's not the memory; it's working memory. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is holding something in mind while you're doing something else. I used to be able to hold three things in mind and do something else. Now it's I can just do something and that's it. And if you distract me, I lose it. So, so the I'm going to push back a little bit on the docile uh, quality because docile is one thing that I I would kind of anticipate in an emergency and when there's fear. But this active, demanding more lockdown, demanding more masking, vilifying people that don't signal that they're part of that class, that was the shock to me. So that wasn't they- a shock to me at all. I'm talking about the people who would be in response to that, that it, that it didn't turn violent. I was, I was su- very surprised. So the rest of us. Because look at it this way. If you had um, – like Janice Dean, she's a meteorologist at Fox and I think her in-laws were killed because of, Co- of Cuomo's uh, policies with quarantining people with COVID in nursing homes. I'm shocked and I'm very glad, let me be clear, that no one did some got violent. Like if you – if my grandma is – you know. Put down because of some governor's uh, policy. I'm just going to shake my fist. I, I was surprised that literally no one did anything, and thank God they didn't. Well, interestingly, I, I, this is back to the you know the, the pilling of people. It was an unclear situation. It, people didn't have enough information to be able to get that angry, right? I mean, it's like we just it was confusing, and that is part of the malevolence of this. They were they were using behavioral techniques, and this is now well established to scare the shit out of people sure. and to obfuscate everything so they could use their safety uberalis, vaccine uberalis, all this stuff. And and that's I guess that's a good side effect. It's why the violence didn't happen because they had so everyone so off balance. But they didn't have everyone so off balance. Like well, for, for, enough that it would be it'd be hard, it'd be really hard to gather a violent group. I disagree you know? completely. If if you have 1% of the population that's, that's dedicated one, to violence. I, I don't that, think I don't think we even had that many we people didn't, that were. We did, but that's yeah. my point. Like 1% is a very small percent of population, yeah. but if you had what? That's 3 3.5 million. If you had 3.5 million people in this country dedicated to revolution, it would get it would make the the the, the riots from 2020 look like a joke. Mm. And it is the case, is it not, that the French army, Napoleon's army was 150,000 yeah, or something? Yeah, it's always a small yeah, percentage. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a lot of people. Well, that always scares me too because I, I worry that a small group's going to, you know, persuade, you know, have, have its way. Well, we have you that know. now. It's called government. All right. So let's go back. Let, let's talk about evil for a second. Sure. What, what is it we don't understand? It's, so we became well, – we don't have an answer for why we became such pussies. We don't really have an answer for that. We just are. Well, I, I I think there's lots of theories I could I yeah. could put forward. Yeah, but yeah. give me one uh, that people ha- are are this is social conditioning that people are trained from schooling from a very early okay. age to be submissive to authority, meaning the the mediocre person in the front of the room. Okay, evil. Why don't we understand evil? Uh, I think there is a huge bias in American media, both popular entertainment and the news, to pretend that human be- that evil does not really occur and that when it occurs it's these extreme outliers like Jeffrey Dahmer it's yeah it's a it's a mustache it's twirling a, whereas, it's obvious whereas yeah. my view maybe this I'm certainly informed by this coming from you know eastern europe is that evil is the person behind the desk who's not going to give you the medicine that you need simply because they're bored or they're being spiteful and this sort of thing happens literally constantly every day every week where just throughout every system, you know, there, whenever you have so, – whenever – there's this quote. I wish I knew who said it first, but inside every slave beats the heart of a tyrant mm. is that when people have this little amount of power over others, they revel in it. 
Uh, and like, if oh, I really need you to come get me that package from that locker and you're the post office lady. It's like, I'm going to take my break now. Like that sort of thing is evil and it happens constantly. So that's me feeling disgusted again. That's sure. just, it's disgusting. I don't understand it. So is is that disgust and lack of understanding a defense against accepting how it really is? Uh, I don't really want to believe people are like that. But I mean, you've, 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 you have had a long career and I'm sure you've heard myriad stories of what I'm describing. When people feel, when people, from, from an evolutionary perspective, yeah. when people have an opportunity to ha- assert dominance or status over another, overwhelmingly they choose to do it, even when they know it's the wrong thing. Or they don't think in terms of right or wrong, they just, it feels, makes them feel good to have power over somebody else. But let me see if I can parse out the difference between feeling good because, you know, in that moment I exerted power over someone. That, that could be literally a lapse. It literally could be just my my human weakness, and five minutes later, I could get over it, not be like that. Sure, be, right? And, but but there are some people that are just like that. Yes, all, all the time. Yes, and they have to work hard to hide it because it is so socially uh, depraved, and and there's so much approbation against it. Yes, yeah, it's, well, it's Karen. It's, she gets to be passive aggressive. Well, passive aggression is one route to it. What what, what I'm trying to build towards is evil is carefully hidden. I don't think it, it that's really, true at all. Really I think until, it's, until it presents itself. No, I think we're just taught not to look at it when it's staring us in the face, just like it's happening to you right now. Well, no, I, yeah, it is a little bit, uh, for, to be sure. But, but I, I mean, I, me. Well, you? You're evil? <laughs> that was the joke. Well, I, oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes your humor is a little, little fast for me. So... So, did you choose your last name, by the way? Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. Um, the but there there you know evil is more subtle as we're both saying right. It's not mustache twirling. It's something a little different, and and it often well and this is this is the point I want to get to is that every time I've encountered somebody. Gosh, this is hard for me even to characterize this because like, psychopathy is really kind of easy for me to see. Right, sociopathy is kind of. But those, evil. that's extremely rare. Mm, so, so, sociopath, psychopath, about one percent. Again, that's millions of people. Sure, I mean, but that's still one percent. Yeah. You know, that's that's not it's, it's common. It's, but but the point is, it's out there. Sure, and, sure. and those people are can be very bright and very cunning, and they Absolutely. they can they could find their way into authority. But and I'm stuff. saying the problem of evil is much broader than one percent of the population. Yes, and more complicated. Yes. Because uh, those people that are sociopaths will usually, I mean, they'll usually bring themselves down because of that behavior. So they just they just don't have the same ability to make judgments and things. But aren't people they, see it. Aren't they much more present oriented? They're not good long term thinkers. They're not in good long term. Well, psychopaths especially, but 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 they're also they they are so invested in themselves yes. that they will they'll be corrupt very quickly. Um, but but now this is the point I want to get to that most evil that really has uh, traction and is really scary is evil that thinks they're doing good. Or it's, claims that they're doing good. They believe it. There's that C.S. Lewis quote about how I'd rather be governed by a group of like criminal thugs than someone who believes that they're doing good because the criminal thugs will go to sleep, but the do-gooder will never stop because what he, what he does, he does with the permission of his own conscience. And God and country yes, and everything yes. else. And I sort of see this present moment of lockdowns and all this stuff 
as this group that really believe. I mean, Trudeau thinks he's doing good. Oh yeah, well, he th- thinks he's God's messenger. Well, we don't know what he thinks. To be fair, to be fair, we can't mind read. But but this is one of the reasons I'm an anarchist because the idea that I would be in a position to force someone else to do what I quote unquote know is best for them is really horrifying because if I'm wrong and the odds are quite high I'm wrong because I'm not inside your head, I don't know your life, then what kind of person am I? I'm just a monster. So, so here we are back to – we agree on completely on this and we're also – it also makes us have deeper faith in decentralization than centralization, yes. right? That we feel like that's the, the unit we want to – Empower. And let me give you an example of how I live these values. Like I, I rarely give people advice because I'm not going to have the circumstances. You know, They're going to give me what they think are the necessary facts, but maybe it's not the necessary facts. What I will tell them if I'm close to them, I go, this is what I would do. Here is the information that got me to this conclusion and why I believe this. You have the data I have. It's still your decision, but I'm not going to make that choice for you. Like This is why I would choose right. B, and this is what no, led me like, to Like led any good choice. therapist, you do oh, not okay. make treasure patients. Yeah. You just go, here's my experience. Here's right. what I think is going on here. Proceed. Yeah. You know. I've been telling you for some time about the Jordan Harbinger show. For some time, I just heard one of his best. He interviewed Ian Bremmer about so many different things that are going on in the world. It was uh, encyclopedic, and I felt very reassured afterwards. And of course, Jordan is such a great interviewer. <laughs> I, I can't recommend it strongly enough. I, I'm a consumer of podcasts, and I look around, and I search for them, and I know Jordan. I, I, I think he will resonate with you as an interviewing host. He has a broad life experience. He's a bright guy. He's an attorney. He speaks multiple languages. He had crazy life experience. But when he gets his hands on some of these uh, extraordinary guests, uh, you really just get so much out of it. And uh, Ian Bremmer and Jordan, they, uh, they, they discuss multiple topics across multiple disciplines. And I, w- I walked away from that podcast feeling somewhat reassured about the world we are getting into. And as Jordan said, when he left that podcast, he doesn't like to leave it with a lot of negative because there's a lot of negative going on in the world too. And they, of course, analyze that. But I walked away feeling really positive about the massive amount of change that we're going through in the world. And Ian Bremmer and Jordan Harbinger discuss it all. So I enjoy the show. I think you will too. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. On average, Americans spend 90% of their time indoors, especially with COVID. They maybe should have been outdoors, but they were indoors. And according to the EPA, indoor air could be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. In some cases, it could be 100 times more polluted. According to the 2020 report, nearly half the population, that's almost 165 million people, are living in areas with unhealthy levels of ozone or air pollution. Nine out of 10 people breathe air that exceeds World Health Organization pollution limits, and their air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths. This according to the World Health Organization. We take about 20,000 breaths per day, and that's almost 3,000 gallons of possibly polluted air. The number one allergy trigger is airborne allergens, such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, it's actually dust mite feces and mold. The solution, air purifier that has captured the attention of established media outlets, CNN, Money, ABC, and more, and me. We've been using it now. We've tried other ones, and they have not worked as well. We have a large room, which I walk into and start sneezing every time I go in. And with Air Doctor, 
this has stopped. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor uses an ultra HEPA filter that has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses. Allergens can vary in size, but the average pollen is about 25 microns. Air Doctor virtually removes 100% of particles as small as 0.003 microns in size. I can testify it's doing something in our home. The Air Doctor 5000 purifier is powerful enough to circulate the air in a 1,000-plus square foot room four times per hour. Air Doctor features whisper jet fans that are 30% quieter than the fans found in ordinary air purifiers. Air Doctor comes with a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for the refund, minus shipping. So head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code DREW. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to a 40% discount. You're saving up to 40% off. Lock in this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O, airdoctorpro.com, and use promo code DREW. So how do we how do we combat this? How, how do we how this because we live in a world now where there's a bunch of people that think they're doing good and going right, right? And and I I personally spend all my time trying to put myself in their shoes. Like I woke up in the middle of the night. I, I obsess about this, and I I woke up in the middle of the night. I told Adam this like three nights ago, and I suddenly could see the world through the eyes of D.A. Gascon here in Los Angeles. The, the San Franciscan D.A. came down here and destroyed yeah. our system. He he would congratulate himself for what is happening. Yes. He, he would he would think, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm getting all these young men out of jail. I'm not putting more in. The drug the drug violations we're ignoring. The, this is mission accomplished. Yes. And and I, I saw it and felt it. Like, I get it. Yeah. But it was... It's co- logically coherent. Not even logically coherent. I, I, I get... His goal, I get why he thinks it's good. I, I get why he feels good about it. How how do you get to those people that the 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 uni, uni, monocular vision they have about their goals and their perspective has all kinds of unintended consequences that they're ignoring? Isn't that the issue? The issue is that this person is in a position of power to impose that worldview. And, and isn't that how evil does its thing? Yes, it, it, it like like so Stalin. Welcome. I'm sure Stalin thought we had to kill a few people, but you know, we've got to break a few eggs, whatever. This is well, this no, Stalin. Is the- actually, write about him in the next book. He actually, uh, in many ways, knew he was doing evil and would joke about it. Like there was an example. There was I forget this play, whatever. Let's well, let's let's just say War and Peace. And Stalin would tell this joke about a KGB parent, KGB officer running into two parents on the street. They go, oh, I want to uh, congratulate you and your son. And they go, what do you mean? He goes, oh, he admitted to us that he wrote War, War and Peace. And the joke being like, if you torture someone enough, you get them to say anything. And Stalin right. would tell this joke like, ha ah, ha, like our KGB could get. And, and it's just like you hear this, and you're like, holy crap! Like this guy knows exactly what's going on, and he feels good about it. Yes, yeah, that's the thing. How how what do we do uh, other than that? Well, okay, so your solution is national divorce. That's your solution. That's not my solution. That's okay, what's that's, your solution? A, that's a that's a uh, a short or medium term uh, uh, improvement. My solution is the, is the recognition that those who are in a position to impose their will on other people do not have the legitimacy to do so. And when a certain percent of the population recognizes this, and it's yes. not going to be a big percent population. It, it, it's happening. Yes. And when there is enough tech – and here's another example I use in my book, The, the New Right. The problem of censorship 
has been solved. And I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I mean. If it's 1990, you and I are having an argument about censorship and you say free speech, every book should be allowed to be published. And I say, what about child pornography books? What about Mein Kampf? You know, and we get into argument. Time traveler Dr. Drew comes back and he says, guys, the issue has been solved. I come from a time where I can copy any book infinitely for free and I could send it anywhere on earth for free at the speed of light, and I could have it where, unless you know this magic spell, you can't read the book, so books can no longer be destroyed. We would both think he's crazy, but that is actually the status quo right now. You cannot destroy a book from Earth just like you could have in the 50s or 40s or 50s by burning them because you can make infinite copies for free with an electronic book. So I very much think that technology is what is going to destroy uh, the state. But aren't we in an era where the reaction, the, the personal cost of of defending those books is you being burned at the stake. Well, no, but I mean, even if you kill me and then we kill you, that still doesn't destroy the book. Okay. Whereas before, you could actually wipe a book off the face right. of the earth. You can't. You can't get rid of it. So, so the fact that information is available, truthful out. Yes. Yeah. And so, how do we convince? It's not just truthful out. It's that the power to to destroy a book has been eliminated. This is a complete well, asymmetry. Uh, with, between what and between what? Between the time period before that, yeah. like let's suppose 1940 but, and now. But, I, but I'm trying to understand what you gain by not burning books. What, I'm, what you're gaining is you're taking away power from authorities to be able to destroy something permanently. Right. They and, no and, longer and, can and do and that. people can think for themselves. This right. Is, yeah. But how do we persuade the people that are enthusiasts of those – people in power who are doing this uh, acting out. I, I, I've and, no, I don't know and I don't care. I, don't, I think they're Don't you of, want to bring people onto the boat? No. I'm, I, like I said, I'm a velvet rope person. I, they're, they're, flot, they're the flotsam. So they are going to be on the bandwagon regardless. This is what happened in Germany. Like one year they're for Weimar, the next year they're for Hitler, the next year they're for you know, the, the uh, West Germany. So I, they're just going to go along with – and it's a, it's a smart uh, evolutionary strategy to just go along with what's popular because then I'm not going to be picked out. Right. How do you check yourself to make sure you're not part of evil? Uh, by having a conscience and not doing – trying whenever possible not to do harm to others. And isn't it part of the responsibility to kind of see the perspective of the people that are doing it, to try to understand them more, to try to – to me, I check myself by really trying to look through the eyes of others. Sure. I mean I, I really my do, book, Dear I, Reader, is from Kim Jong-il's perspective, and he wasn't exactly a very nice person. No, he wasn't. No. That's interesting. I heard you talking about that the other, on one of the podcasts. So, so I'll give you a minute to talk about the podcast. What do you, what do you want to accomplish in your podcast? Oh, it's, it's 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 terrible. It, it's just it's just me. It's just me. An interview show. It's just a yeah. lot of fun for me because one of the things I like with with the podcast and it's bizarrely successful is I get to sit down with people who I like and admire and ask them whatever the heck I want. Who's your favorite guest? Um, ooh, I had uh, this is I, I, my one of my heroes is Andy Kaufman. Um, so the comedian, the comedian, yes. So I had as my guest. This might be my. Fa- I don't know if it's my favorite one, but Lisa De Pasquale. She's a good friend of mine. She did gastric bypass. She lost a lot of weight. I had a friend Eric Dixon, who I dedicated Anarchist Handbook to, who struggled with obesity all his life. He passed away at like forty two or forty three. So I thought it was a very important show to help people to. Talk about these issues. Don't be embarrassed. Like, what's the Boy, steps? there's a new medication that's an anti-diabetic. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. But why I loved it is the whole time she and I are talking, I'm eating all this junk food, and then I, I, I kind of smeared Nutella on my face. You so, sure you're not evil? So it looked like a five <laughs> o'clock shadow. And she was in on it, of course, yeah. and everyone was getting all upset. But yeah. like that, to me, is the epitome of a good podcast. And, and, and uh, Lex brought up several times your podcast with Tim Pool and, and Alex Jones. Oh, yeah. Which was, but that was on Tim's show. I understand. Yeah, but yeah. it had a similar – the humor was similar, right, uh, on your part? Uh, 
because uh, I, I kept telling Alex yeah. Jones because <laughs> yeah. Alex Jones was going on. I, I came in. I'm like, okay, Alex is going on these rants. I have to kind of keep puncturing the balloon. Yeah. So I came in with a series of knock knock jokes that I was delivering every 15 minutes, and it completely took the air out of his tires. Yeah. For your friends that struggle with obesity, there there's a weekly shot. I think it is now. Uh, that's a, a diabetic medication that holy shit is helping people not eat. Good. Oh my god! It, and I've had several formerly obese. Um, they weren't my patients, but in in other people's practices, just like go look up because tra- you know there is a biological piece yes. with this. And if you help them with that biology, with the ghrelin and the all the, the appetite systems. Uh, it change, they lose weight. And I'll also tell them that, yeah, maybe you're never going to be thin, but you can be thinner. So you owe it to yourselves, to those. We need you here, so take it. Try. Do what you can. Yeah. Do you have any questions for me? What do you like best about me? Uh, gosh, there's a lot of things. So best – well, I, I guess I, you're, it wouldn't even be your honesty, your frankness. Okay. Your directness. Uh, and that there's an encyclopedic sort of system behind it, and, and that's what I wanted to mine t- this last couple of days, and I think we got to it. There's more. I could keep going. I'm, I'm just trying to wrap up in, in a reasonable period yeah. of time. Uh, uh, and I do and I do have a few minutes, so I am going to go back over stuff okay. on my list that I'm going to give you. It's interesting when when we get to um, – uh, we've gotten, you know, we haven't gotten directly at a lot of stuff on my list, but we've sort of brushed by okay. just just about everything. I'm trying to think what else I like about you. Um, you're forcing my hand to the fire. Oh, okay, good. Which is important, and that's what I really wanted you to do. And I feel like I've expanded my thinking. I don't know that I'm clear yet on where I am, and what I, I feel like I have an obligation almost to stay cloudy. Because it is sort of a weirdly ill-defined time. Yes, that's very true. Uh, I, it, I, the Biden is both a symbol of America, of the regime's strength and of its weakness, right? Yeah. He's the end of like the Habsburg jaw when you have the monarchy at the end, everyone's inbred and degenerate. But it's also the fact that they could bring this weekend of Bernie's corpse across the finish line speaks to their strength. Yeah. I, I, and the other – would you say you have an optimism or a pessimism bias? If you have one sort of perspective, optimism t- by far. Yeah, see me too. I'm an optimistic bias, and and yet- How, look, I, look at my life. How could I be pessimistic? Yeah, yeah. I have a floor in my house in Austin that I don't go to. Crazy. I know. Yeah, it's, it, I'm just very, very happy all the time. Where do you live near downtown? Yes. Okay, so I'm you know I'm on this other platform in addition to the Corolla thing on your mom's house with Tom Segura and his wife. Okay, and it's it's sort of different. So it's, it's sort of like old Loveline kind of show, and. Um, so I go to Austin every six, five weeks. Oh, cool! So I'll, I'll look. We'll get to you there. So. Yeah, yeah, I would okay. love that. I'd love to see the house with it. I want to go to the floor. That I you've just never got. Been Ma- to. I just got Margaret Thatcher's bookcases. Crazy. Uh, as an immigrant from Russia, like to own her furniture is just such a thing. That's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, and so is she someone that you admire? Oh God, yes, enormously so. Right. Because she visited Red Square and spoke with the people and was like, hang in there. We haven't forgotten about you. Hope, like hope is on the way. And a few years later, they were free. And, and But she, though, is very much a, a figure of centralized authority and, Absolutely. and, and so federalism. I th- and Sure. I think, these- when, I think when you are looking for people who do heroic things, you try to look for the – in certain contexts, the good aspects. And the fact that the end of communism freeing half the world, that's the one where – I mean Gorbachev's, I think, in many ways is the real hero there. But like I got to give her her, her uh, accolades for that one. Yeah, and I, that's my optimism is I feel like we're going to get a great 
we need a series of great leaders. And I don't mean just in the presidency. I mean just in throughout yes. legislatures, state, county, net, federal. We, we need good people in this. And I just have a feeling – the fact that I thought about it should help inform us that other people feel like they have to stand up and do stuff. Yes. I mean Carrie Lake. I think you interviewed her too. Oh God, yeah, yeah. And and she, I, I was a little disappointed, frankly. Yeah, because uh, there was a lot of uh, was pretty, sloganeering. She, which, there was, <laughs> she was somewhat robotic. Yeah, uh, but I do think her thinking is good, right? I, I can't speak on that because she didn't tell us. She didn't yeah. say anything. Yeah, so that was disappointing, frankly, because because I thought she would really. And the thing is, my policy is when I have a guest on my show, I don't want it to be a bad experience for them. Yeah, I've heard I, you say that. I don't I want that them too. to have a uh, resent having been on my show. Yeah. So I I couldn't re- I couldn't really troll. Her or joke around with her because yeah. she was in like such campaign mode. Yeah, so I, was yeah. like, oh. I guess that's real. It's realistic. Yeah. But the way I say it is, I, I treat a guest like a guest. The, the, when they're a guest, they're a guest, and that's how we should treat them. Uh, last thought: Mussolini, uh, probably one of the most underrated politicians of the twentieth century. Because he's such a fascinating figure, yeah. and he's understandably regarded it, it, as a result of his alliance with Hitler. But he had such an influence on American politics that no one talks about. There's a great book called Mussolini and Fascism, The View from America by John Diggins, which everyone should read because it talks about how Americans were absolutely in love with him. And he was not Hitler. He was not Hitler, no. Not not even close, but got into all that, bought in, unfortunately allied with it. Yeah, well, I mean, he did a lot of extremely evil things, but but the point is, he was regarded at the time as the moderate because the idea was, you have the commies on the left, you have capitalism on the right, and fascism combines the best elements of both, and there's something that's completely forgotten nowadays. And so was he evil, is the question. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I wasn't sure you were going to say that. That's not even close. I I didn't really know much about him. I just heard you talking about him, and I wasn't sure where you were with him. Yes, extremely evil. So, great politician, but evil person. I wouldn't say great. He ruined Italy. But he is as but that, is that part of the evil part? No, I mean, but I mean, great, it may, it, great in that he was impactful, and he, yeah. you know, had uh, he very much w- was an important figure. So greatness in terms of influence—that's true. But it's really interesting that when you look at both Hitler and Mussolini, uh, when you I've talked to people that lived during those times, and, and they they're very much colloquial in their opinions of these of these guys. They're like, well, the trains ran on time. You know, well, that's what, a myth. What, they didn't. Yeah, and but then also with Hitler too. I had, I had an Austrian woman who was she was German, I guess, and she was saying, well, he built us soccer fields and yeah. you know, we had jobs. And what do you what do you what, what are we supposed to do? Right. We didn't know. And especially when all our neighbors are like, you know, if you don't believe this, you're the devil. It's right. like, okay, I guess okay. I believe and it. That's the part I want to watch out for right now. Yes, because because in these fluid times, I feel like we could. Pers- I, I I worry that any of us could go the wrong way. And so I'm constantly trying to not be one of those people. Yeah. And that's why I brought you in here. Thank today. you so much. And so I appreciate you being here. Uh, I'm a big fan, as you can see. And uh, I'm a new fan. I, I was aware of you, as I said, but I was recoiling against anarchism, which I did not understand. I was as aligned with as I am. And I will continue. I cannot ra- wait to read The White Pill. I cannot wait to read this stuff. And uh, if there's anything I can do, you let me know. We'll have dinner in, in Austin. Oh, we'll I love that. All right. Thank you. Michael Mellis, everybody, at Michael Mellis on Twitter, michaelmellis.com. You're welcome. Why you are welcome. Michael Malice is the podcast. Uh, Gary, anything else before I kind of no? No, that's it. He's waving us <laughs> off. All right, thank you and thank you for coming out. That you was are welcome. deeply meaningful to me, and I, I just I'm too, I'm humble that you came out here for this. You didn't have to do it. Oh, I, I wouldn't pass up right, this opportunity. Right, here we are. Did it did it meet your expectations? Oh, not at all. Did, where did where did you want to go? <laughs> kidding, where did you want to go I'm with kidding, this? Kidding, did we get close to getting through? No, what this, we need to this get is through? better than I expected. Okay, excellent. Okay, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. 
The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show about how you can be affected by ransomware and cyber attacks on the rise now all over the world. We still don't know just how deep the Russians are into our government systems. So it's going to be at least a year or more before we can stand up and confidently say we've eradicated Russian hackers from nuclear labs, the Department of Homeland Security, the Treasury, the Justice Department. How do you trust that any of the software you're using is secure and not a Russian Trojan horse. We live in the glassiest of glass houses. That makes escalation you know, that much more of a risk. We're getting close enough that I think we're going to see a cyber attack within the next four years even that causes substantial loss of life. For more with Nicole Perlroth on what the U.S. should do to push back against cyber warfare, check out episode 542 on The Jordan Harbinger Show.